welcome to the second time we're recording this second episode. We only got like a couple minutes in, so it's fine. But I'm Maureen. And I'm Paige. <laughs> and this is Once Upon a Binge. Woo! So like I said in our first intro, <laughs> this is the furthest we've gotten recording. And I swear to God, we're going to get through this recording if it is the last thing I do. <laughs> we only recorded the last two episodes intro and the book episode like under two weeks ago. So we are really moving along. We're doing well. I think this was just like the perfect choice for us too, because we were saying we were both really enjoying reading and watching this stuff, so we're more likely to finish it, I think. We're excited, we love what we're doing, and today we're going to be talking about the movie, the Hunger Games movie, and also something else. Okay, so this is really important. I feel like it was two days after we recorded our um, episode for the first book, that the excerpt for the new book... Um, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, I think. If I still haven't yes. gotten this right after recording the intro, whatever. Um, that came out and I told Maureen about it because I saw it on the internet because that's part of my job. I'm always on the internet. And I saw one person say Teen Snow and I was like, oh God, please tell me this is not what we're getting. But of course, welcome to Teen Snow's perspective. Nobody asked for it, but we're getting it regardless. <laughs> And, like, honestly, if we weren't doing this podcast, I don't know if I would pick up the book. I think I would wait for other people to give me a review first if I, and then decide from that. Paige made me read it, the excerpt, just now because I had not. And it's fine. It's not anything, like, special or that I want, but it's fine. I'm more intrigued by whoever the heck he's going to be coaching, but... I don't really want this story, but it could go one of two ways. The more likely way is that we humanize Snow, but it could be more of a, like, turn of, like, anybody you know could become, like, a Trump, essentially. Like, anybody you know could be this terrible person, could become this terrible person. And that's where I'm like, and that also gets complicated because it's like, is it up to you to make sure they don't? Or is it just, like... People are hiding in wolf's clothing, or in sheep's clothing, not in wolf's clothing. In wolf's clothing. But I'm like, we don't need this story. But I'm still intrigued on what she's going to do, because historically we have also seen that Hunger Games marketing has been atrocious. Truly. Um, When I was watching the film, there's like, we're going to talk about it later, but there's one final scene where we see Snow watching everything happen. And when I was watching it, I was like, this is all I need from this character. Like, getting a more humanizing version of him, I feel like it's going to take away from him being who he is in the movies and the books. Because, like, he's just an evil white guy. Why do we need any more information other than evil white men being evil white men? Like, An evil, crusty, old white man. Honestly, (laughs) truly, snow to a T. I don't need, like, a heartthrob snow. Please do not give me that. No. Please don't give me him falling in love. I don't care. He turns out evil. He kills children anyway <laughs> what would you give that excerpt rating like out of i don't know i can't i can't rate it it's literally like maybe three pages of text like process wise it was interesting to me of like talking about the history of the games and like how things happen because all you know is the normal games and what happened to them but like the fact that the first 10 years of tributes didn't have any mentors or any help at all or any kind of anything is terrifying. 
why do they have academy kids mentoring them? How the heck is that going to go completely wrong and be terrible? I'm much, much more interested in the story of whoever the heck is being mentored, not the people doing the mentoring. Even though, as people have brought up on Twitter, which I also agree with, is like, are we just going to get another story of kids killing kids for like the capital's gain because it's like gonna be the same kind of story as what we had yeah like that's a really good point too because like given the context like our current political context having a depressing fucking story about where things are just horrible and get worse probably why do we need that we don't need like read the room (laughs) truly like my expectations are significantly lowered but i'm still intrigued on like what is she trying to do and if I read it and it's terrible and it's like well that was the worst thing ever I'm then that (laughs) is the worst thing ever and we know that Suzanne Collins is no longer the best (laughs) yeah like I wasn't a fan of the writing style I think I'm gonna get real analytical for a second she wrote it in third person so she's putting us she's putting a barrier between the reader and the narrator of the book we're supposed to view him from a distance. Unlike Katniss, who's in first person, the entire time you read The Hunger Games, we're immediately in her perspective. So, like, that made me really interested. Like, that's the one aspect. I'm like, okay, that's a choice that she made. I wonder how it's going to result in the rest of the book. I mean, that's more promising on the less humanizing side because I feel mm-hmm. like if we were from first person from Snow, I would yeah. even more so not be on board. Like, I don't want any of his, like... <laughs> mentality and like why he thought he wanted to do certain things Mm -hmm. at all so that is true keep going with your analytics or is that it i remember saying that and being like okay so like i'm not gonna completely rule it out yet just because that is the first choice which is like okay she's putting a distance between us for a reason but like at Mm -hmm. the same time would have totally appreciated a different perspective like he obviously isn't gonna be the only person we hear about but at the same time Yeah, I'm just wondering if she's going to try to do more of a, like, commentary on the current rich people American climate of, Mm. like, people who are, like, who support Trump because it's in their best financial interests Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I, it's, that would be very, very hard to do well, especially given, like, our climate and, like, would probably not be as enjoyable of a read at all because we're, like, yeah, we know this, but... I also am like, is she trying to reach those people and be like, y'all are idiots, you're stupid, you're the worst, and this is the book to tell you you're the worst. (laughs) But also, do we need that? That's the other thing is like... Mm -hmm. Like, are they going to be reading it? Yeah, like, even if she's doing this, is it going to be a necessary thing at all? Yeah, I just keep thinking, okay, this is my final point about it. I just keep thinking of um, the new um, trilogy for the Rag Rising series, so Iron Gold, Dark Age, whatever the third one's going to be. In Iron Gold, we got the perspective of a character who was raised by the evil people, and he very much believes like his like their his the evil people were his family, so he believes they were right, and he's trying to like restore that old way of like having society, which is very much oppressive. Mm-hmm. So, and I hate that perspective. Like, I hate reading yeah. about it. I understand I what the author it. is trying to do, but like, it literally is disgusting to me to like have to like read about this character and have the author try to make you sympathize so that's the only reason i'm sort of worried is like i love this author i love his writing and it still doesn't work for me so <laughs> it's not gonna work for to me know. i have yeah. never read red rising or any of those read the trilogy and don't read the second trilogy because <laughs> okay. it is depressing <laughs> and like yeah yeah that's a great point of like we're 
eventually going to know her motivations, but do we agree with them or think it's a necessary story is a completely different yeah. idea and... I can't remember the word I was trying to say, but it's fine, whatever. <laughs> and there was 10 minutes. Let's get on to the movie now, which yes. we also have a lot to say about. Yes. So what do you remember about like your viewing experience of The Hunger Games when it first came out in 2012? So I actually sent Paige like, some of my Instagrams I have. <laughs> Hold on, I need to find the screenshots of They them. were a throwback, y'all. Like, a throw- throwback. They felt very 2012. So I have a 2012 zoomed-in picture I took of the poster with the caption yes that's it it was just like on the side of the building and then i have a picture of me wearing the hunger games nail polish that my sister pre-ordered because my mom gave her permission to pre-order it so we had the hunger games nail polishes so i had one of those on and a fishtail braid it says hunger games inspired day glimmers fishtail pigtails and china glaze nail polish (laughs) hashtag hunger games hashtag china glaze really love that for me and then i also took a picture of my ticket i picked it up like a week or two weeks before wow and i was like Picked up this beaut at the box office today. So pumped, Hunger Games. I was very excited. I'm pretty sure I skipped school to see it. Like, I remember it being the <laughs> middle of an afternoon. So, yeah, Paige in high school definitely probably skipped. <laughs> I remember vividly going to see it because I went to a concert. My mom had won tickets to a concert that was at my church. And we went to part of the concert and my friends stood in line because this was also before the days of reserving your seats. So you had to stand in line for hours. So they stood in line. We were at the concert, and then I left the concert early to go there, got to the line, forgot my wallet that had my tickets in it, had to go back to the (laughs) concert, and then come back. It was like maybe like a 20, 25-minute drive, but I was just like, oh, no, because I was like, I'm not going to leave them standing in line forever and Mm -hmm. ever. So I think we got there at like two hours before and it was on the IMAX it was a whole mess wow and then I also remember because we saw an IMAX the first movie especially is very handheld style and like indie and shaky yes and seeing on the IMAX made me so sick because I was like oh gosh it's moving so much that's one of the first things I wrote down was like wow I remember it being shaky cam but this is actually annoying me this time rewatching it (laughs) because I'm paying more attention yeah like Ugh. there's a lot of choices I like that they made, but that was not one of them. I was like, no, why did you it do was that? not. It was like shaky to the point of like where you couldn't even see what was going on sometimes. Not like we're gonna make it kind of shaky to give you like that vibe. It's like no, we're gonna make the camera go like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's funny because like the first time I saw, it, I don't remember like noticing the shaky cam. All I remember is. When Taylor Swift's song came out, Safe and Sound, and I listened to it for the first time, I remember where I was. I was sitting on my couch in my living room. I heard the song. I thought of Rue, and I started crying. Like, actual (laughs) full-on just sobs. I have never reacted that way to music before, but, like, my whatever, how old I was, like, 18-year-old body was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so emotional. And I think it came out in, like, December. The song oh, it came out in March. Oh, no, song. the song came out in like December ish because I was still up here before Christmas. 
Oh man, and that soundtrack was so good. And we it had was so, many so good. Civil War songs, R.I.P. Yeah, it was a really good soundtrack. I feel like that's the one thing YA movies has always had going for them is that they always have like bomb soundtracks. Okay, so we have Arcade Fire, Secret Sisters, Nico Case, Taylor Swift, Kid mm-hmm. Cootie, <laughs> Punch Brothers, The Decemberists. It's so such a weird what? mix. The Carolina yeah. Chocolate Drops, The Civil Wars. Glenn Hansard, Maroon 5, Miranda Lambert, (laughs) Jamie D, Taylor Swift again, because she had Mm -hmm. eyes open and Yes, oh my god, eyes open. I need to listen to that. That's such Uh, a uh, 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 Eyes open. (laughs) Oh, so good. The low anthem and Birdie. The Birdie song was really good. It was really good, too. Yeah, I love Birdie. But I didn't really realize that Kid Cudi was in it, or is that how you say his name? I feel like- Kid Cudi. Cut it. Thank you. I was like, I don't know. I don't listen to him, so I don't know. But Maroon 5. Yeah, I don't remember Maroon 5, but okay. It's a Come Away to the Water featuring Rozzy. Oh, as soon as you said the title, I was like, yeah, that sounds familiar. And then the Miranda Lambert song is fe- featuring the Pistol Annies. Okay. Wow, what a time to be alive. It's funny because I didn't realize how much of uh, the actual like score for the movie how iconic it is and like how much it of it is. I just know without realizing like it's just in my brain yes. since the song started I was like oh my god yes I do I do know this like especially when Rue died that song especially oh. when it was playing I was like I know this it was like in my soul just scarring me forever okay so let's start from the beginning yes movie starts with some exposition that was very Star Warsy. it was like this is what the Hunger Games is and then we cut to which I Caesar. feel like is necessary it was. For people who hadn't read the book, they were being dropped right into, like, the middle of a story and they don't get the exposition. Yeah. So it totally made sense. And then um, we cut to Caesar and whatever the game maker's name is. What is his uh, name? Seneca Crane. Know? Seneca. Right. So two of them are talking and you don't realize until later it's the same interview from when they've already announced, the like, the tributes. Yeah. Like, I didn't notice until rewatching like, they're doing that. And it's sort of, like, it shows the audience kind of to me what I felt it was like it was showing us it's meant to be entertainment like everything we're about to see it's sort of like reality television for them like an actual like hardcore just a reality tv show like us watching the circle yes I loved the capital scenes they added we'll talk about more later I'm sure but yeah how they gave so much context with the capital I feel like it was such a smart storytelling choice and they had a lot of really smart storytelling choices of like how they did things because a lot of it you get from Katniss's perspective and you understand why the capital is awful and it's like her saying like basically we're getting killed for their entertainment but you have to show it Mm -hmm. rather than have someone say it so they made a lot of really smart choices like filmmaking wise and watching this back I remember I like liked the Hunger Games I was annoyed at the shaky cam but I liked it but I was like I don't know but like watching back I was like no this is a very good adaptation yeah, like, all the choices they made was, it wasn't about, like, giving the exact story that happened in the book. It was about taking what was in the book and making it good for a movie, yes. which was perfect. Everything they chose, like, even from when he's talking, like, when Caesar asks Seneca at the beginning, he's like, so, like, what is your, like, what's your signature sign as, like, a game maker? What do you do for the games? And then we cut to Prim screaming. Yes. And it sort of like was sort of like, oh, his like signature and all their signatures is they're torturing children. And I was like, oh my God, this director is just making all these subtle choices. And then that was where my like analytical watching of this film ended because I got sucked up in the story. (laughs) But those first two minutes. (laughs) I just really like even the like little snippet they have of like 
um, J Law singing the song to yes. set that up for Rue's death because oh my god yes like so I that you don't too, know the meaning of that song you don't care about that song in the book it just like makes sense because like Rue's like can you sing me something and she's and that's like the first time we see her sing but to have that like tied into the very beginning of the story and get that really big like Rue Prim parallel is so good and it was like a foreshadowing for so many other things too because. Yeah. Um, when Pete is talking about her singing at school, we've already seen her sing before. Yeah. And then also, like you said, it sort of shows like what Katniss felt for Rue, that she thought of her as her sister, like her little sister. That's the parallel with the memory. Yeah. And then I just want to say R.I.P. to movie one Buttercup, who wasn't a tabby and everyone rioted. I so know. then they changed it for I the that next was, like, movie. Wait a second. Like, <laughs> Isn't the okay. different in the movies? Yes. Well, it's only for the first movie because literally yeah. everyone got so mad. It's really funny to see that, though. Like, everyone got mad about this tabby, so they changed the tabby. And now today we have everyone getting mad about Sonic's design. And so they go back oh and God. reanimate him for the whole It started in 2012. We just didn't realize. And then also just the set designs, like, mm-hmm. going through District 12 and getting all of those shots to just really bring you into what their district is like was so good. The one thing that took me out of it, though, from that is the forest that she's in for District 12, 100% the same one that they used for The Hunger Games. Oh, 100%. It looks exactly like it. A hundred percent. Also, one thing that it didn't take me out of it, but I was like, excuse me. She, like, goes and gets her bow from underneath the leaves. And I was like, excuse me, Katniss would never leave her bow out to the elements. It would only <laughs> ever be in a bag like it is in the movie she's smart about it but yeah it's definitely the same woods also the cg deer was a lot for me the deer gave me twilight vibes and it did when i watched it the first time i remember having that thought being like this is literally the opening of twilight what the fuck okay well like it was fine until it zoomed in on the nose and did like the nose twitch and then i was like (laughs) no what are you doing uh, um, and the one thing I noticed from this, like when she's with Gail, who I will talk about in a second, I wrote something very funny down when he came <laughs> on screen. Uh, <laughs> uh, the scene where they watch the hovercraft, like, fly yeah, a- it vividly reminded me of the scene in the book, which obviously isn't in the film, of the Avox character. Yes, and I was like, oh my god, I felt like because we don't have that in the movie because it's. It's just such a small storytelling thing that, like, it makes sense that they would leave it out because it would be a lot of explanation. But you get, like, the feeling of, like, anxiety that they have with a hovercraft going over and, like, what that means to them. Also, I felt like, at least at the beginning, I was like, Liam, you're playing Gale, like, very happy and, like, happier than Mm -hmm. I remember because he's a very serious character. Yeah. And I was like, he, like, comes in, like, joking and I was like, I know you guys are, like, friends, but also you're, like, really, really happy. But he does, like, the brooding later on. Like once He she, does like, do the brooding the later games. on. But at the beginning, I was like, wow, you're really happier than I thought. Can I read you the one thing I wrote about yes. Liam that I kept thinking over and over? If Liam Hemsworth asked me to run away, I'd be like, when, where, Lego? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. He was just, like, I was never into him. Like, when I was watching the movies, I was always more into, who is the actor that plays Peter? Uh, uh, Josh Hutcherson. Yes. So I always thought he was like the more, like not even more attractive, I just like his character more. And but watching this, Liam Hemsworth is so fucking distracting. <laughs> Every time he was on the screen, I was like, yes, yep, Gail, one hundred percent. Let's go. I don't care if you're evil. We're doing this. Like, 
Yeah, and I also, like, there was a lot of times throughout the movie where I was really interested to see what they pulled from Katniss's inner monologue into dialogue. Like, mm-hmm. the part where she's talking to Gail and is like, I- I'm never going to have kids. Like, that was all a Katniss inner dialogue conversation she had where she was like, I'm not going to have kids because I hate it and I don't want them to live like this. But they pulled it out, different specific things into dialogue with other people so they could have that moment, even though it all happened in her head. Yeah, and when she said that, it also reminded me, like, spoilers for the end of the book, I guess, but we're, like, spoiling everything right now. <laughs> when she appeared to have kids at the end of the series, it never really clicked for me, while, well, obviously I was a teenager, how much of, like, not only a small act of rebellion, but, like, trust in the future yeah. it was to have those kids. It's like they believe that the future is good enough to have these children. And, like, her- hearing that and then thinking of the end was, like, so much more like, beautiful to me. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, I love this. Yes. And I know we're both bitter about Madge not being in the movie. Uh, yes. We're both 100%. bitter about it, but I did like the setup that they had for the pin. Okay, that was a this. question I had written down. I was like, did you like this change? Do you think it affects how the pin, like, what it stands for in the movies versus how it is in the book? I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say I like this change because I would prefer Madge to be in it, even though I understand why they left her out, because, like, even though she's a great character, she still is a very very minor character and Mm -hmm. you can't explain who she is very well without a lot of like extra scene work to be like this is who this is kind of thing um but i can be okay with the lore in this book and especially how it ties her to prim and her being Mm -hmm. like hey if you have this you're going to be safe and bringing that back around yeah, like, I I liked, even though it was a change and I was very salty, I don't know why I was so attached to Madge. I don't know why. Maybe I'll <laughs> understand after reading Catching Fire, but I was very upset when I found out she wasn't in the film. But the way they did it tying into print, it was just perfect storytelling. It was just a mm-hmm. smart choice on the director and the screenwriter's part to be like, okay, let's make this pin mean something with as little, like, time as we have on the screen before she ends up, like, yeah. being chosen. Didn't Suzanne help write the script? Let me look I have at it no really clue. fast. I'm pretty sure she <laughs> helped write the script. Like, sometimes people really can't do that. Sometimes. Um, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> fantastic. Um, writers. Yeah, she helped with the screenplay. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Like, she would know, like, what elements you need to keep for sure for a story. Yeah, and I think that's... Okay. At least in terms of these, this trilogy and these movies, I think having her as a screenwriter really helped because mm-hmm. they got a lot of that. I feel like in the book, Prim is just, like, very sweet and very, like, kind-natured. And, like, obviously Katniss has an attachment to her and she's a great character, but, like, she's just very more, like, helpful. And I feel like in the movie they captured how small she is, how scared she was, mm-hmm. and, like, all of the, like, little duck stuff. And when she, like, tucks oh, when her, she tucked her back tail, in. When she got chosen and she tucked yes! her tail in, I actually started crying. <laughs> I was like, no, this child is, like, the first moment where she's, like, growing up properly, like, seeing her, like, the world for what it is. Also, I really, I'm just going to say for the Peacekeepers, I loved the uniforms. Yes. It stood out to me again. Like, the costuming was all 10 out of 10. They did everything really well. The blood register isn't in the book, is it? No, it's not. And I think that was a really also very interesting choice. It made it also more techy because, like, Everything leading up to that point, you didn't really see a lot of technology. And that's the first moment, like, besides the hovercraft, where you see, like, what the capital has that the districts don't. Mm-hmm. And, like, how they're subjugating them. Like, the technology they have that they can use to oppress the people around them. 
Well, it's also like a very subtle thing is like people use blood register as an example of like, this is something that we should never, ever, ever, ever have for people. I mean, like, obviously, like we take people's blood and you know your blood type, but having a blood Mm -hmm. register to know like what different people are like. Yeah. Also, something I wrote down from the reaping was like, hello, Mr. Mayor, where is your daughter? (laughs) (laughs) I... Madge, I love you. I will read you in the books and support you in the books, but in the movies, you're not here, sis. Talk about Effie for a minute and how perfect she is. Elizabeth Banks just kills it as this character. She's amazing. Their their casting, you can talk, you need to talk about your Katniss feelings, but their casting this movie was so good in a lot of areas. Like, Hamish is perfect. Effie is Perfect. perfect. She does it so well and like, she, I feel like she captures the, like, I don't want to say innocence, but in a way, innocence of, like, Effie believes, like, everything is still good, and, like, she embodies She's just, the like, capital. oblivious. She's oblivious, yeah. and she embodies the capital of, like, this is a fun time that we're having and not reading the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I feel like the entire cast was good. Like, obviously, it felt weird with, like, the Katniss, like, the coding of her in the books, but, like, mm-hmm. J-Law, as an actress, she did what she had to do, and she was good. Like, I still love the movies. I still love her in them. Yeah. It's just... And I can't, at this point, picture anybody else being no. Katniss, because she's so ingrained in the character. Yeah, and I think something we talked about with the book is, like, she shows a lot more emotion, but I feel like her not showing a lot of emotion was a smarter choice for the movie, because it makes her more of the like unlikable kind of person Mm -hmm. that they're trying to like be like hey like you're not that likable and if she showed a lot of emotion she would be a little bit more like relatable for even the audience but yeah yeah um i will say Peta crying in the car on the way to the train oh i was so attacked because i never realized that before and i was like i literally wrote down let me protect this soft boy (laughs) such a soft boy like like Effie's there talking talking and he's just like looking out the window crying and I'm like oh my god this is such a mood because obviously he's like upset his mom just told him that she thinks Katniss is gonna win (laughs) he knows he's going to his death the girl he likes is sitting there it's just like obvious anybody would be crying at that moment so good and it's like one of the first times that like the softer boy in YA was like the love like the actual primary love interest because I feel like at that time, it was, like, all the edgy, like, like Edward Cullens who can handle their shit and, like, take care of the girl. But this time, he still does take care of Katniss in some ways. But also, he's, like, the soft bean that just knows how to talk to people and make people like him. My baby. Um, a little more on the reaping. I really liked, like, we were talking about how iconic the score is. But I feel like even more so, they took a lot of the moments to make things, like, dead silent in the perfect mm-hmm. moments. Like, the reaping the entire time is, like dead silent and it's yeah, a nobody's perfect talking. choice for yeah. that like there's no music there's nothing and it really helps i feel like capture like the actual like horror of that scene of like they're literally like just drawing names for a kid to die and also i just wanted to say it's like really great propaganda film featuring stock video oh my god <laughs> i cannot the way that gail like sort of mouths the beginning war yeah. terrible war <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is and you can tell, like, they watch this every single fucking year. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Oh, my God. I hope they film it in the, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Oh, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> but it has, like, old dude voice, so I don't know. And also, the Volunteers yeah. tribute, I noticed the cut that they had. They had yeah, a really same. rough cut, and I was like, oh, oh, 
it's really bad i was like why did you do that but also i keep being like oh these are such like good choices of like you have like prim literally being led away like screaming and effie's like wow it's such an honor that you like volunteered and like oh my gosh and she's going on like while prim is literally like screaming and being taken away and i was like oh i feel like the one thing they didn't really capture from that scene was um how i feel like Candace's desperation was like there but it wasn't like the same way in the books where they're like oh usually you have to wait and then you can volunteer but Candace is like fuck this I'm volunteering right now like I don't care if I'm used to like I feel like that's the one part I was like oh they could have kept that that would have been like good but like overall it was still a fantastic scene and that scream I volunteer as tribute is like part of like it's the zeitgeist now it's a meme (laughs) it's a pop culture moment that everyone yeah forever and i'm also glad they didn't put in the like haymitch falling over drunk because i feel like that would have made the scene very comedic too much not at all yeah i like his introduction when he's like he's very obviously drunk but he still is able to incapacitate Peter, like kick him with his foot and hold him back to show like how lethal he still is even though he's like drunk and trying to like handle his shit his own way Yes, I forgot how long Hamish's hair was until he walked oh. out, and I was like, "No, oh my gosh, his hair!" <laughs> yeah, I forget like he's not supposed to have that because I'm so used to like thinking of um the actor Woody yeah. as Hamish. Um, the one iconic line from the scene in the train that is mahogany. Yes, so iconic. <laughs> I also love like how down to business Pete is. He's like, "Okay, like tell me what to do. Like put me in coach." I, I'm gonna learn everything and him is <laughs> like don't die yeah don't like, die it's like let's start there he played it so well I oh, am really I sad him. though that we didn't get the like Katniss knife throw where he's like oh we have like some competitors this year I'm sad we didn't get yeah. like, that portion of it it was so funny when he was like pass me the jam and she's like how do you not die of whatever exposure and he's like, pass me the jam, darling. Don't you know, like, this is hard? And she just, like, stabs. Oh, my God. It was so funny. That, like, I'm glad we got that. But I was like, I would have liked, I would have liked a knife throw. It's fine. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of forgot that that is mahogany happened until it happened. I was like, oh, my gosh, how could I forget this iconic line? It, and they bring it back in the second movie, too, because it was such yes. an iconic. <laughs> Everyone said it for so, like, so much. Yeah. And also, I feel like um, I really liked j-law is playing like you can literally like see her wheels turning every time Peta does anything of like mm-hmm. her strategy brain is like why are you doing that like what is your purpose of doing that like when he's waving out the coach she's like why are you doing that like what's your purpose yeah like how can i be like that and you can see her brain like trying to process all of it and Peta's just his soft boy self like i'm just gonna do whatever it takes yeah, it, like, really shows, like, that his charisma is, like, second nature to him. Like, he doesn't think about anything he's doing. No. He's just good with people. And, like, she is so the opposite of that, that it really shows that they need each other. Because, like, she's, like, the logical, like, actually has skills to survive <laughs> sort of person. He's like, I'll make people like us, and I'll make sure we get sponsors. And then pair them yes. together. Yes. Um, The capital, I love the design of it. Like, it looked very, like sort of like Greco-Roman-y kind of style, like the buildings mm-hmm. and stuff, which made total sense since it's sort of like a gladiator yes. fight to the death. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, obviously this is where they got their inspiration from. And then we see the game maker's room for the first time. And we were both saying we really, really liked that aspect being added into yes. the movie. I really, I feel like in the books, like they know the game makers are like, 
controlling things and like pushing buttons but like because we get the game makers room you see how much they're actually controlling like they're Mm -hmm. doing literally everything in the arena and like choosing where like which fireballs go where and like shooting them exact it's not like uh hey we're just gonna start this and it was such a good story choice of like showing how much they control I really like that they made the like prep area very surgical and like Mm -hmm. weird and I kind of miss that her team was not like bumbling kind of like cute little people she loved but I don't think it really worked for the movie or the story they were trying to tell with the movie to have them be like bigger characters (laughs) or nice yeah yeah yeah, I feel like that entire, like, obviously we were saying in the previous episode how we really like um, Lenny Kravitz as, um, yes. you know, he was literal perfection, exactly like I remembered him to be. He just is there for her from the beginning, and you can sort of tell, like, he doesn't really believe in the capital or what the capital like, stands for, and, like, watching it back now with, like, all the context is also, like, him as a Black man yeah. acting that way and believe, like, always being a rebel from the beginning. It just is chef's kiss. Like, good choice on whoever did the casting, (laughs) as we've been saying repeatedly. He's perfect, and I love how his outfit is also, like, to a T, exactly what was in the book. Like, they were like, she's like, he's dressed, like, very simply, just with some gold eyeliner. And I was like, yes, Sina! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then we get to see, like, all of the tributes that are coming up, like, are all dressed up for the parade and Rue. That's, like, the first time we see her in person. Yes. Like, the little weird. Oh, my God, I love her so much. I would do anything for this poor child. But it did remind me. I don't know why in that moment I wrote down, I'm sad that they took out Peta's dad now because I love that backstory so much. <laughs> like, I don't know what was happening for me to write that. <laughs> well, like, the thing of him giving Katniss his, like, uh, the cookies and, like, saying he would take care okay, of yeah. her. But yeah. yeah, like, all of it, and just, like, the dad liking the mom, and then that sort of, like, making Peter notice Katniss, like, all of that, like, yeah, substantive, like, I guess it's sort of stuff you need in a book, but you don't really need in the film, I guess. No. Let's talk about Stanley as Caesar Flickerman, and how Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> he is perfect, and he plays it so well, like, he knows exactly how to be, like, over-the-top, larger-than-life TV show host. Yeah. And I also really liked, like, we talked a little bit about the game makers and all that, but I really liked Seneca being a bigger part because you got to see all of that back end of, like, what they're doing and how they're actually mm-hmm. manipulating everything. Um, For Caesar, I literally wrote down, is it weird that I liked Caesar? <laughs> Just because I feel like they me- she mentions it in the book, like, Katniss's perspective mentions that Caesar is there for, like, the tributes in the sense that he doesn't let them flounder when they're on stage. Mm-hmm. like he's being a good host he's making sure that they leave an impression and he like weaves their words to make a story yes. so i just appreciate that about his character that even though he's like part of the games he's at least doing his best to help the kids in the way yeah, he can. in the way that he can yeah in the way that he can yeah so like that's why i was like is it weird that i kind of like him because he's doing this at least <laughs> yeah bare minimum <laughs> also i was like yes at the fire but i can only imagine what it would look like with today's effects Oh, yeah, it would look so much better today. 100%. I also like that we kind of got, like, Snow's reaction to the fire mm-hmm. a little bit of him being like, oh, shit, what's happening? <laughs> He's like, what's happening? Yeah, and um, when she says, like, a spark is fine. Who says that? Oh, um, when Snow is like, a spark is fine as long as it's contained. 
Yeah. And it's like, one, the fact that she's called the girl on fire obviously is the reference. But also later on in the series when she's like, let's be the spark. Yeah. That starts the revolution or whatever. And like when he said that, I was like, oh my God, this is like yes. more than one kind of foreshadowing. I also like that they had PETA make the choice to hold hands for this. Yeah. Like he was the one that initiated it. Because it's also, so like, I feel like he he obviously like has a lot of charisma and he is looking out for Candace's best interest but you see like that smart and like strategic mm-hmm. side of him he um, understands them in a way that she doesn't like he yeah. can see how they work yeah and i feel like she you in this scene especially it captures how like overwhelmed she is like she catches that rose and she's just like along for the ride like okay Mm -hmm. what am i doing here like i guess we're just gonna do this and Peta's like no like let's do this exactly oh i was gonna say also i was like kato who is kato what is kato and i looked it up he's in race to witch mountain he's also in the new bad boys movie i'm pretty sure oh i haven't seen that okay no the only reason i know is because he and charles melton did um thirst tweets oh and it's, you need to watch it because there's Hunger Games references in it, and it's just so good. It's so good. I need to. Also, a note that I had from their penthouse, whenever Katniss is, like, flipping through the screens and she gets the forest, I was like, hello, is that the TV wall from Smart House? Ready to play some Bewitched and jump on the bed? <laughs> oh, my God. I even think of that. I cannot. Uh, of course, that's where your brain went. Of course, that is where your brain went. I cannot. Always also like the training sequences there's a lot of things i'm like um man like i'm sad we missed that from the book but like it makes Mm. sense for them all to wear the same outfit even though like they made the choice for Peta and katniss to wear the same outfit like i get that but also i was like like some of the scenes i was like is Foxface literally just like doing a matching game for that plant yeah please and i was like yeah that's they're playing like how that works it's literally like she's just matching plant pictures. It's not like she's like identifying them. She's just doing a matching game. Yep, that was great. And then um, <laughs> can we discuss Jack Quaid and how I'm really obsessed with him now after bo- The Boys. But I didn't know who he was in that movie at all. But now watching Wait, it back, I'm like, oh yeah. Movie? Oh my god, he's Marvel. Oh, I recognized him yeah. too, but I was like, yeah. I don't remember. I recognized him. I forgot more. he was in that movie. Yeah, I forgot he was in that movie until, like, I was watching an interview after The Boys, and I was like, oh my god, he was in the Hunger Games movies! And now I'm like, oh my god, he's in The Boys! He did well! He did well after this series, sir. Yes. I also love Rue in that, and, like, when she takes uh, Kato's knife. The knife! Yes. Oh my god, iconic. <laughs> so good. I feel like sh- you get more of, like, in the book, she's just like, here's this shy girl following mm-hmm. Katniss around and in the movie she has a lot more of like a personality yeah for sure because she can play a lot more with her face and I like that they showed Peter's strength yes. in the when he throws the ball into the spears <laughs> why did he throw them into the spears I don't know but <laughs> and how Katniss is like don't be a wimp just show your skills I don't care what Katniss or what Hamish said Hamish just do said, it yeah oh my god and then they also the whole bread scene, I feel like it's not as purposeful as it is in the book because, like, in the movie, it makes it seem like he did not burn the bread on purpose. He just gave it to her. He gave it to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do love, I think later they're talking about it and he's like, I should have done more. And I was like, my baby. Yeah, he's like, I should have gone out there to you. And I was like, sir. <laughs> he's just such a pure soul. 
okay so the apple scene iconic yes iconic but the one thing that got me was after when they're waiting for the um the numbers like their ratings or rankings or whatever and Peta gets an eight and everybody's like clapping yeah good job Peta, whatever and then Katniss gets 11 and they give her a fucking toast and Peta is just there <laughs> like to the girl on fire and I'm like Peta is right there <laughs> like, what are you doing yeah I was I just wrote down rude I feel like another iconic part of that was Hamish's um, thumbs up at her. Oh my god, yes. I like their relationship more in the movie, I think. Like, mm-hmm. he's more of like a, he under, like in the books, there's sort of like a begrudging understanding between them that they need each other. But in the movie, you really feel like that camaraderie. Like, you can tell, like, he sees her as like a younger him. Yes. And then I said, I think I, I think the spark scene was here because I was like, I love mm-hmm. the added snow Seneca scenes because it just gives you so much context of like, yes, what they're trying to do with her instead of just from Katniss's perspective. Because like, I just love that. Obviously, we can't get a whole book from or a whole movie from Katniss's perspective. And because of that, they were like, okay, we need to bring in some other context and we can do more and expand the story more because mm-hmm. we're not just in her head and also it makes like the whole okay so <laughs> how i was saying you don't need to humanize snow but yes, you don't the way they have him in the movie you understand what he's doing like you understand his, his... motives and you understand his thought process for everything yeah. he's saying and his strategy which is, like enough yeah like you and that's all you need you just need to mm-hmm. understand like what his strategy is not like excuse you don't need to sympathize with it you just need to understand and that's what makes a good villain yes also i said the interviews portion and set is perfect and stanley is iconic and like all the all the like videos with him like laughing behind him during that he's just the best and then also i like that they had flames for her dress instead of jewels because i feel like that wouldn't have gone across yeah um and then i think one thing I said from her interview especially, like, I think in the books, she thinks she does so well, and, like, that's what you're understanding. You're like, oh, she did well, and then Hamish is like, you did terrible. Like, yeah. you're fine, but you're not memorable, but in the movie, you can really see her, like, struggling, mm-hmm. and uh, Caesar, like, kind of, like, helping her along a little bit. Like, you can see that struggle, whereas, like, in the book, you just have from her point of view, she's like, yeah, I did fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you, like, see... Peta a second later being like do I smell good let me smell you and you're like exactly from the book exactly from the book Peta's interview was like word for word from the book it's perfect like the entire thing when he's like oh yeah there's this girl ugh Peta Peta I need a Peta and then they're like seen on the roof where he's like I don't want them to change me and she's like I mm-hmm. can't afford to think like that yes like, that was the, a very good scene that was such a good scene but also his just like he's just like I just I want I don't want them to change me. I want to, like, go out in my own way. But can I just say, okay, so before that, when Katniss does the grab of PETA, <laughs> I actually laughed out loud because it looked so comical. The way she, like, wrenched him from his shirt and, like, pulled him back, I actually yes. started cackling. I was like, this is too much for me. We're getting to the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. The tracking, the trackers, I like, every time I see that, I'm like, oh, it just reminds me of Catching Fire. Like, the trackers remind me of Catching oh, Fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whenever she's with Cinna and the thing goes up, I was, like, already sad about Cinna dying in the next scene. Oh I was God, like, no. <laughs> also, I like how the whole, like, district token wasn't a thing. And it was, like, a secret 
carcinogen. I was like, okay, whatever. That's fine. And I loved Jennifer Lawrence in that scene, the way she's shaking the entire time. And you can see her, like, visibly shaking. You can tell she's, like, scared about what's about to happen. Like, it hits her then. Yes. It was so good. So good. Another scene when they go up and do that, that was another, like, silent slash muted creative choice of, like, Mm -hmm. muting most of that and, like, really... I feel like that puts you in Katniss's head so much more creatively because you're like, she's just like whiting out like, what am I supposed to do? And like it, her mind is like totally blank. Like, I want to go for that bow, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I feel like even having it like silent captures that feeling. Yeah, we really jumped into the shaky cam in that moment. Oh, God. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Also, I just want to say, how did no one murder her while she was just, like, standing there trying to decide what to do? She was just, like, in the middle of nowhere. Like, at least in the book, she was kind of, like, moving. She stopped for, like, a little bit, but it felt like forever. Yeah, that was a lot. I love that Peter's just like, all right, peace. Like, I'm actually leaving. Well, he's like, Katniss, don't do it. Don't do it. And then he's like, okay, never mind. Bye. (laughs) I loved the behind the scenes of the Game Maker stuff. Like, when they, like, shine the, like seal oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that was and you so can good. hear the guy doing the countdown too around the country it's like production and it's so yeah exactly Ugh, it's so good it was weird because when i was watching it i know friends who work in tv production like I, I know people and i'm like they would be these people like if this was our world i would know the game makers and that is disgusting <laughs> also i loved katniss's face whenever that person lights the fire and she's like who is this idiot lighting the fire? oh my god yes so funny it was probably it was like the funniest moment of like them being in the arena like the one brief moment of humor you get yes and then kind of moving on to like i moving past because we had the fireballs and i think that was fine like there was nothing that i felt like i needed to talk about yeah it was exactly like you would expect it from the book coming through and the same thing like with the water where they took out the Hamish telling like not sending her like gifts like they took out all the parts in the arena that you didn't need that didn't make sense for like visual storytelling yeah and the tracker jacker scene I feel like I liked what they did with the hallucinations and the poison Mm -hmm. because I feel like in the book it's like over the top grotesque and I feel like that would not have translated super well to film like glimmer's body being like green yeah or whatever and like all of that stuff okay the one thing i remember from that from an interview back then was that they used the body double like the like fake body of glimmer with all of the like uh-huh. whatever's on her face they used it to prank uh jennifer lawrence <laughs> like they left it in her trailer or something and as soon as i saw that i immediately thought of that interview for some reason like i remembered it yeah i liked um that like Caesar was there and I was like how much fun did mm-hmm. Stanley have coming out of the trees doing that and then you got that's when you I like that also you got like the backstory of her parents a little bit from that scene. yeah like you get that was really yeah. well done I enjoyed that entire sequence where it was like the reverse time and you sort of see what happened to her dad rather than having it being like said in like a throwaway piece of dialogue yeah also this was the point where i thought like i should stop watching this and just watch the rest tomorrow because i didn't realize this movie was over two hours for some reason i thought it was under two hours so when i paused like to go to the bathroom or something and i was like there's still an hour and 49 minutes left to go what the fuck is happening (laughs) i was so confused you're like just kidding we'll come back yeah i was like this is during the arena i can pause here it's like a different (laughs) movie (laughs) 
And then you have Rue in their alliance, and I love her, like, asking Katniss about PETA and her, oh my like, God, little yes. smile about that it. Was like, so cute. Okay. And then, oh, I sent Paige this note whenever I was watching it. I was like, <laughs> of course, Katniss is mocking Jake Hall was in a minor key. No major keys oh. here. It's got to be in a minor key. Oh, it was, yeah, it was so depressing in that part where she's, like, doing her version of it and she doesn't hear Rue replying with her different version of it and you're like oh no something's wrong <laughs> and I was like oh I'm not gonna cry I know what's coming whatever but when Katniss was doing like you know when she's like breathing mm-hmm. and she's getting ready to shoot the um, bag of arrows mm-hmm. the director makes some really weird choices in this moment uh he does an extreme close-up of her mouth breathing as she yeah. breathes out <laughs> And then the slow-mo of the apples Oh, I was like, who didn't shoot this in 60 frames per second? Who who messed up? That entire sequence, I was like, this is a mess. (laughs) Well, also, it's because, like, the first slow-mo is really bad, and then it fixes itself after that. So I'm like, who didn't shoot in the right frame rate for slow-mo here? Who messed it up? So bad. It was distracting. Like, it was distracting enough that I paused the movie to write down what the fuck just happened. No, I said that, too. I also, one of the things I said, I was like, is announcing in this world, like, a 24-hour job, or do they get breaks, oh, yeah. or do they have, like, some crazy five-hour energy it's always that's, Caesar like, and what's-his-face. Five-week energy. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. Like, Eric the actor. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good, if they're in the capital, they probably have some kind of, like, Adderall-y kind of drug. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, they have sure. five-hour five energy that's, like, five-week energy. <laughs> probably. But, <laughs> I like that was a great creative choice for the directors of like using Katniss's inner monologue as announcer stuff about like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what they're probably thinking or this is what's happening. Like using them to tell like things that needed to be told for context. I was like, mm, good choice. Good choice. Yeah. And then the one moment we were both talking about after this scene where. <laughs> OK, so Rudy's spoiler, if you R. were not here for the previous episode. Um, I liked what they did with that, where it was, like, exactly at the same moment, mm-hmm. where it was, like, Rudai's eyes, Katniss is shooting the other person. Um, and then she does all of the flower stuff for Rue, and you, like, see that image, and then she does, like, the three-finger salute to District to 11. The... Well, and she does it straight to the camera. There's so many yeah. times that, like, she's, like, in the book, she's thinking, she's thinking, like, oh, I'm just gonna do this, and it's not, like, rebellious, but you see how, like it looks and how like purposeful it is in but like in that moment she definitely is being rebellious because like in the book that's where she like cracks and where she finally turns against the capital so the fact that they chose her to do like the three-piece salute in that moment was like beautiful and Mm -hmm. i completely forgot about the riots in district 11 like i didn't remember those being part but i just i actually had to pause the movie while that was happening because i was like actually like sobbing when it happened just because of like the imagery of it being the mostly black district is the first district to rebel, the first district to feel the consequences of rebelling against like this catalyst society. I was like, in 2020, that kind of is hitting differently from before. So I literally was like sobbing desperately. My dog was like, What the fuck are you doing? What is wrong? You're watching a movie. Are you okay? But yeah, that no, it scene was, was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And it was also like, I, one, love that they showed it. Two, it was like, I also love that they were like, catching fire is not greenlit, but we think it's going to do well enough that we're going to start that process because that's right? something that they talk about a bunch in catching fire when they're doing their like 
whatever, like go to all the districts to visit everybody. That was we'll talk about when the book is here because that was also awful. Was but, it um was it in District Eleven in the movie where the guy got shot in the head? No, or was it's, that it's in the, I think no, I think it's eleven. Okay, because like just thinking like the whole like yeah like it was an unintentional. Like, I feel like all the choices they made with the Black people in the movies are unintentional, but the fact mm-hmm. that, like, in 2020, eight years later, it still mm-hmm. is startling- startlingly relevant. No, that's... I don't know if it actually happens in the movie, but it definitely happens in the book, because it's no, the it was old in, guy. No, like, it's for sure... Yeah, it's, old, it's in the movie, for sure. Like, it I is? can picture him, yeah, oh, okay. vividly. He looks I was kind like, of like Morgan Freeman, the, but not really. The old guy who won't, like, back down. Yeah. But I just... Ugh. It's they don't so... show it, but she's, like, inside, and you can hear the gunshot, mm-hmm. from what I remember. We'll see. <laughs> I also love this, like, narrative in this, that Haymitch is the idea, of, like, he's the catalyst of the idea, like, two of two mm-hmm. um, tributes surviving from the district. He's like, Seneca, yes. like, just do this. It's going to make it better. And I was like, yes, Haymitch, go for yeah. that. And all of his and- scenes, like, with where you get to see him actually like talking As to capital mm-hmm. and trying to get sponsors were so good. Oh. Yeah. And then it leads to the scene with um Snow and um Crane talking. Mm-hmm. And I literally wrote down the dialogue word for word where it's um Crane is like everybody likes an underdog and Snow is like I don't and then he pauses and he's like have you been out there district 10 11 12 there's a lot of underdogs. And I'm like did did Suzanne Collins watch this movie? And then get the idea for her book. <laughs> because there is so much foreshadowing for what could possibly happen. As soon as he was like, there's a lot of underdogs there. I'm like, sir, we get it. You're coming out with a book. <laughs> and also, I'm like, they went so hard on the Team Pita, Team Gale in this. Like, going the back and forth between, like, seeing her go after Pita. Seeing and Gale watching. And then Gale watching it and then kissing and Gale watching it. Also, I wanted to know how Peta camouflaged himself to look like a literal rock when that there was, was no paint. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. there. It was mud. It was supposed to be mud, I guess. But also the whole romance kicked in like at the perfect time. Like I was getting very fucking depressed after District 11. And then Hamish, that's when like Hamish does the whole, oh, like give them something to root for that you were talking about. Yes. So it felt kind of meta. Like he was saying, give them something to root for. And he was meeting like the audience watching in the movie but also us we were given that same kind of like hope for the two characters which i was like oh this is a meta moment and then katniss and Peter. oh my god the moment where katniss is like where Peter's like say something after he like tells her oh like i used to like you when you had here in two braids instead of one and katniss is like i'm not good at saying something and then Peter's like then come here i literally started screaming i was like oh my he god is a lot more smooth in the movie so than smooth in the book. It was terrifying. I was like me freaking out enough that my dog looks at me concerned. Like I feel like J Law captured that Katniss was like such a bad liar too. Of like, mm-hmm. when she's like, I'm not gonna go for the medicine, and she just waits for him to fall asleep, and she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> it was like she knows he can't stop her. Mm-hmm. I feel like Clove was so good. Like once the scene of her like playing with the knife with Katniss's face has always stuck yeah. out to me even after the movie for like years like I can picture it even now because I'm like she did so well with her character and the way um I really like the change they made because in the book Thrush's like dialogue it felt 
slightly offensive just the way he yeah. was talking was kind of so the fact that they just gave him like a regular ass accent in the movie i was like okay good choice because <laughs> i was yes. like very worried for real i felt a little bit deprived of no lamb stew and the like you don't have much competition anywhere line oh you don't have much competition anywhere i think that was my number one complaint with this movie when i saw it the first time is like we didn't have the lamb stew scene we didn't have that whole thing and i was so mad about it yeah but i feel like at the same time like the then come here please was enough for me that was enough for me i was like this is the moment this is what they're trying to capture and um, I thought, I think in the last episode, I mentioned that I liked what they did with the mutts in the movie, but then I saw the mutts in the movie and I was like, <laughs> clearly I was wrong and I was thinking <laughs> of the book because then I remembered having to explain to my friend after we first watched it in 2012, like, oh, the mutts are supposed to be the tributes. Like, it was them. Yeah, but it, you very really obviously can't that. tell. But they're yeah. a little bit more terrifying than I pictured in the book, to be honest. Like, the terrifying part is that they look like the tributes, but also, like, I don't know. They were just like weird looking in the movie and like that. Yeah, they weren't. They just looked like really big dogs. And I was like, this is not like the horrifying part of the book to me was the fact that they still used their bodies and created something that was going to kill. Like that was the horrifying and the fart. The fact that they just the fart. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that they um couldn't like capture that in the movie was sort of like uh, like it didn't have to look like them, but like sort of showing that it was the tribute sort of been cool somehow. I get, I get why they couldn't, though, because, like, it was dark, and so they couldn't, yeah. like, really do that. They could have made that choice, but I liked what they did, though, with, like, making it dark sooner, because they were like, I guess mm-hmm. they just wanted to end. I was like, yes. The Also, the cornucopia fight with, like, them and Kato was so much more intense, I feel like, than the book. Yeah. It, and, oh, in the book, Kato literally runs past them. He's like, fuck y'all, I need to get to safety. Well, because they're sitting, like, or they're sitting, like, in the field near the cornucopia, yeah, and then I also really actually did love Kato's speech. Speech, I wrote that down too. It was very depressing, but it was humanizing. Like he's a, he's like, this is the last thing I can do. Why don't I kill him? Yeah, and it's also like it humanizes him because in a way, like yes, he is like one of the villains, and he's from like a district where they train their tributes. But at the same time, like he's still not like a capital person. He's still in the yeah. districts where someone has to get chosen. Even though, like, they all volunteer, like, someone still is chosen from their district to die every year. Like, he's not as, like, down and out as District 12, but he's still, like, in a different way, like, has this is still happening to him. And, like, how he's like, yeah, it's, like, my last thing. I can just kill PETA and, like, make them happy because that's what they want. They want to show. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, and I feel like that's the moment where he realizes for the first time that he isn't like at an advantage because obviously careers think like they have the best chance going into it and like they don't know any better they're still kids and they're like being taught growing up like this is what you have to do like you have a better chance because your career you're gonna like this is what your life purpose is and then he realizes his life purpose isn't really much of anything because it's just if it means he's gonna die yeah exactly that was like a very like sad moment yeah um, and then the whole, like, the berries thing definitely seems, like, very much more, like, purposeful and premeditated in the movie than it did in yes. the book. Because in the book, you get her inner monologue of, like, let's just do this. Um, yeah. And then also, one thing that I wanted to say is, like, when they're counting down with the berries, it's so, mm-hmm. like, uh, like, acting-wise, I was like, oh, such good choices. Like, Katniss, is ter- Katniss turns and looks to the at camera, the camera and, and Peter's, Peter's looking like, at touching her, her hair. Blade. I know! Oh. 
I wrote that down too. I was like, oh my god, this is literally the entire series is Katniss is like fuck you to the capital, but Peter's just like focused on her. Oh, oh. It was so <laughs> good, and I was like, it was Ugh. perfect. And then also another thing I forgot was the whole scene with Seneca and the berries where they. Leave. I know Snow's pettiness. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> like he has like the right level of salty shade where he's like, you fucked up, so here you go. <laughs> like I could appreciate that. I forgot that about that scene, and then I was like, oh my gosh, this scene. <laughs> it was so good. I also feel like, I know they really, like, cut out all of the scenes about, like, Peta being in love with Katniss and not realizing she's not in love with him. I think Yeah. That, I think that was smart, because I think that's a lot more of a subtle thing to play with in the books than in the movies. It's harder to get that across, that, like, he doesn't know it's real, Mm-hmm. it's not real and yeah she... like i feel like in the movies he very much is aware that it was mm-hmm. like there's he very much is still into her and like he's not hiding the fact that he is but he but knows she isn't into yeah. him yeah 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 which is what makes the book so much more heartbreaking for me because i completely forgot that in the books he actually yeah. thought she like that oh yeah still kind of sore about that he's still my baby boy i just think he's a little bit more aware like in the books it yeah. all hits him and he's like oh well i guess like I was wrong, but he kind of, like, he catches on a lot sooner in the movie. But, like, even in the interview, like, the exit interview with Caesar, you can sort of see him halfway believing what she's saying. Yes. Where she's like, I couldn't picture a life without him. And the way he looks at her, I'm like, Sir, Ugh, no, don't do this to me. <laughs> Ugh. This is now a PETA stand <laughs> podcast. We're Truly. Just I've always been PETA a PETA all day, stand, every day. <laughs> Peter Stan from day one, always, forever. I like the soft boys. I love the sweet boys. That's it. And Peter's like sweet, but also like he makes the hard choices to protect Katniss. And I think that's what I really like about him. Like he's truly, especially, we'll talk about in Catching Fire, especially in that, like he's truly just selfless. Like he doesn't care about himself as much as he cares about Katniss. Like, it's funny because, like, I think, like I said, how usually it was always, like, the, like, more, like, rough, go get him kind of guy that was, like, the wife for Tadmus. I think that's why I was so into Gale when I read the books when I was younger. Because, like, that's who you expect to be the love interest. Yeah. Kind of. But, like, watching back as, like, an adult, I'm like, no, Peta is, like, 100% holy, pure, save him, lock him up, save him for yourself. Like, Bless him. Yeah. And then the scene of Snow, like, watching everything from the control room Mm. after crane is like doing the um berries just leave fucking snow alone i'm so glad that we're gonna be reading and watching these before yeah so we have like the new book comes out yeah because it's also like i don't i don't want to humanize him i would be interested in like i don't know what kind of story i would be interested in but as long as it doesn't do that it will have exceeded I feel some like of my expectations of that or Even if it was just, like, a book of, like, the time where he's already president and he's trying to hold on to his presidency from other people would have been more interesting to me. Mm. Like, seeing evil people fight other evil people to be the most evil. Yeah. Just give me that. <laughs> At least there'd be, like, some, like, political intrigue, which I can get behind. Well, I wonder if that's what's starting with this, is, like, he's starting to get trained for that, or if it'll Oh, to become president. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. But I'm just hoping it's not like, oh, he fell in love with the girl from District 12 and then things went wrong. So he decided, fuck it, I'm going to control all of it. If that's it, I'm going to be like, goodbye. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Excuse. But 
Yeah, I Donald Sutherland also played him so well. I feel like that's so not how well. I necessarily pictured Snow in the books, but then in the movies now, like that's all I can see. Yeah, like I can't even remember what I thought he looked like when I first read it because all I picture is the actor now. Fair. All right. Well, Whoa, we did it. <laughs> we did it. This was a lot longer than the other episodes. So yes, welcome. It's because we talked about the um excerpt too. Excerpt. Yeah, it's true. That was ten minutes right there. <laughs> so. We just have a lot to say about this movie because it's really good. That's it. So tell us your thoughts. Let us know what you think on any of our... We have social medias and an email Yes. that you can go to that hopefully are active. I'll leave it all in the description. <laughs> just let us know. Were you Team Peta or Team Gale? Is it different from the books to the movie for you who you ship? Not that that's the important part of this, but still, it's important. <laughs> And we will see you next time where we'll be talking about Cashing Fire, the book. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.